On today's Locked On Texan podcast, we ain't talking about nothing else but recapping Texans versus Patriots preseason game one. How did Houston beat the Patriots 20 to 9? You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texas Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you are new to the Locked On Texas Podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texas Podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Shout out to our everyday is returning back for another episode covering your team. I am your Texan football analyst, John, some sports guy Hickman, and of course, joined by none other. Then Sports Illustrated's own in-textual credential beat reporter, Cody Davis. Thursday night, hmm. the Texans went over to Foxborough and handled some business as they beat the New England Patriots 20-9. Davis Mills led the way for the quarterbacks, 9 of 12, 99 yards, 1 TD, a spectacular catch from none other than Tank Dell. Like, we got to talk about Tank Dell and the job that he did Thursday night, Case Keenum, 9 of 14, 79 yards, one TD as well. CJ Stroud, 2 of 4, 13 yards, one interception. Overall, the Houston Texans rushed for 89 yards on the ground. Uh, Tech Dale led the way for the receivers with 65 yards and one TD. Alec Bachman, two catch, Alex Bachman, excuse me, two catches for 11 yards in his long TD as well. Xavier Hutchinson also got in on the action. One catch, 20 yards. Jerry Wayne, another rookie, one catch, 19 yards. And, of course, John Menchie, a player who hasn't played football in nearly two years, one catch for five yards. There was two turnovers on the day. Houston did get an opportunity to record three sacks on the evening, along with seven tackle for losses and one pass deflection. Cody, when we look at preseason game one, the action – uh, for the Houston Texans. Before we talk about the players, the past two seasons, <laughs> the coach on the sideline has had no energy. But when these players made plays on the sideline, you see D'Amico Ryan's jumping in the air, fist bumping, talking, screaming, happy, smiling, all of the things you want to see from your young first-year head coach. The energy started off when he was hired here in Houston, flowed throughout training camp. Now you see it on the national stage on TV. The same thing he did in San Fran is what he's bringing over to Houston. The excitement, the 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 camaraderie between the players, how everybody has each other's back. But you see D'Amico Ryans and that fresh energy really made waves for the Houston Texans on both sides of the ball. But I think we cannot start this show without talking about how the defense was absolutely the star of Thursday night's game. Well, Thursday's preseason game to me was the perfect example of everything that I've been watching with my eyes at the Houston Methodist Training Center for 11 days for the Houston Texans training camp. And, John, what is one of the things that I came on this show almost every single day and raved about? This Houston Texans defense on all three 
levels and you saw the potential that you you saw the potential of what this team could be on the defensive side of the ball i mean outside of the play where they gave uh what was it like a 24 yard reception to uh what's the wide receiver name it happened like in the first first quarter i believe Derek stanley jr was covering the, the wide receiver Thornton. Yeah, this yeah. was weird by the way two baylor guys Jalen petrie probably could have broke the pass up if he would have put some on him, yeah, Baylor guy, so he probably was like, "Ah, that's my boy. I ain't gonna hit him like I could." But it was stored on the sideline. Yeah, and that was for what twenty four to twenty five yards. Outside of that play, the Houston Texans defense came up huge throughout this first preseason game. And look, I understand it's preseason; it's the very first one. Mac Jones wasn't playing. A lot of the important players for the New England Patriots wasn't out there on the field. However, if you're looking for some type of stock to buy into, it's this defense on all three levels. And I keep saying all three levels because. John, you talked about the energy of the first two years. When you go back and you take a look at the defense over the over the last two years, that defensive line, that 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 front four wasn't that good. What I've been saying ever since January, this is a defense that has given up an average of what 150-some yards on the ground over the last two seasons. However, Thursday night, they only gave up a total of, what, 86 yards? And if you exclude the 34 yards that Cunningham rushed for in the final drive, you're looking at a standpoint where the Texans' defense only gave up 44 yards on the ground. That's very important because one of the things that Coach D'Amico Ryan said he wanted to do for this Houston Texans' defense is stop the run, and that is big for the Houston Texans defense in general. And look, I understand Will Anderson Jr. did not have a stat, did not have a sack. He did not have a play that make you say, oh, wow, this is why the Houston Texans traded up for him at number wait three. Wait a minute. Wait a minute now. No, no, no. no. Giselle Perriman's sack, Will Anderson was that, blazing off the right side. I'm sorry. We'll and that's sorry. what I was going to get at. Like, if you look at the stack numbers, if you look at the stats, if you, if you look at all of that that makes you say, like, Put it like this. The Will Anderson Jr., that's what I was going to get into. His presence on that defensive front makes this defense 10 times better. Yeah, what I like about Houston being able to stop the run, my biggest question mark throughout the entire offseason was how was the D-tackle unit going to look? Mm -hmm. And with no Sheldon Rankins, Hassan Ridgeway looked good. But, guys. Kurt Hennis and Roy Lopez. Like, they have two guys that are in a situation right now to where we don't necessarily need you, especially Roy Lopez, as much as we may have in the first party, first half of your career. Right. And so I thought that they played well. Roy Lopez is a player, guys, that has been at multiple times running with the first team defense, especially with the absence of a Sheldon Rankins and her son Rizway was out for a couple of days. And so I liked what I was able to see out of him, uh, Kurt Hennish. But overall, for me, the one guy that stood out on that defensive unit, for that defensive unit, the rookie. Hmm. Shout out to Big Sarge and Big Sarge Media, a guy that he made sure to highlight on Thursday's show. Henry Toto went out there, played fast, Sideline to sideline, made plays, had a big hit on Keyshawn Butte, right? And what I like the what I like most about that young man, 
you talk about all the things off the field for him, like how he is quick to pull a coach to the side and everything, but it showed on the field. Like he looked, he looked, he looked like he knew what to do. He knew his assign his, his assignment, and he got there with the quickness. Last season for Houston, dating back two years ago, the entire defense, excuse me, under Lovey Smith, there were times where linebackers playing downhill was laughable, right? And so what I was able to see out the Denzel Perriman addition, right, who on a stunt delayed blitz came through. We talked about Will Anderson coming off that right side, I believe. Mm-hmm. Denzel, he, he made the quarterback step up, and Denzel Perriman was able to get that sack. The second quarter, or maybe third quarter, I believe it was the second, same play, delayed blitz. Henry told Toes able to delay blitz, come up the middle. He didn't finish and get the sack, but then you saw Kurt Hennish, uh make the play. So, like, the way D'Amico Ryans is calling this defense, which is one of the things that I wanted to see, like, how were we going to see the identity against another team play out? That's what we saw on Thursday. Henry Toto looked phenomenal, guys. I, I thought he did a great job. I thought uh, the D tackles did good. And I thought, listen, you get a full game of Will Anderson, maybe a full half, some of those stats may just show up because he is blazing off that end. Uh, I love his hand usage. And Jonathan Grenard. John Grenard looked good. So, like, the D-line was a worry of mine. Of course, New England didn't play their, their starters as much. But I love what I had to see. I thought the defense, though, the show held New England to nine points, three throughout four and a half quarters. Malik Cunningham out of Louisville was able to run one in at the last you know few seconds for New England to get them on the board. But Houston constantly shut out the New England Patriots offense. And to let you guys know how good of a job that they did Houston held New England three of 12 on third downs, one of two on fourth down compared to Houston seven of 14 on seven to 15 on third down, one of one on fourth down. So very proud of this team and how they fought tonight, uh, how the defense showed out and made plays constantly. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your job faster and for free. Just add your job and then add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the right candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. And there was a lot of debuts all over the field for the Houston Texans. In the first segment, we talked about Will Anderson Jr. Of course, on the sideline, there was Coach D'Amico Ryans, him getting his very first opportunity to coach. Um, and then you also got, got offensive coordinator Bobby Sloy, his very first game as the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. But it doesn't matter if it was Bobby Sloy, D'Amico Ryans, Tank Dale, who we going to get into a little bit later on the show or Anderson the biggest debut for the Texans on Thursday night was CJ Stroud um John once again everything that I saw throughout the first 11 days of training camp this was the perfect example this very first preseason game and the one thing that I have been talking about constantly every time we talked about CJ Stroud is you can see the potential you can see the talent, but it's going to take some while for it's going to take a while for him to get adjusted to the NFL level. And he is definitely going through a learning period. And when you look at those first two drives for the Houston Texans, where his very first pass, he connected beautifully with Nico Collins. You know, when the pocket started to collapse because that offensive line was terrible, how he wasn't afraid to use his legs and try to extend those plays and, and actually gain a couple positive yards. But then on the flip side of things, there was, of course, the interception where he's staring down Tank Dale and and of course, with choppy feet staring down your target, it made for an easy takeaway for the New England Patriots. I know there might be some people out there that see that first game and might think to themselves that CJ Stroud is a bust. Don't know what those people are talking about on Twitter. However, this is a young man, like I mentioned. Those first two drives, you can see the potential and talent that that young man has. It's just going to take time. And just like what Big Star said on yesterday's show, just like what um, Bobby Slowick and D'Amico Ryans have talked about time and time again, especially when C.J. Stroud makes a mistake, he doesn't make those mistakes two times, two, two days in a row. And I'm pretty sure next Saturday we're going to see a better version of of C.J. Stroud because the mistakes that he made Thursday night, I highly doubt we would see those again. A couple of things. I thought that, number one, I love Houston opening up the first play and allowing him to get his arm loose, mm -hmm. hitting Nico Collins for nine yards. I thought that he kind of held the ball a little bit too long on that pass. Um, and I thought Nico Collins ran a very good route at that time. I thought the Reed to go to Tank was actually good. He just hesitated and held the ball too long. Cody, that's some that's something that uh you had pointed out multiple times here on the Locked On Texan podcast. Just like him being able to, you know, the 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 want to to get, allow him to get that ball out quicker. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like you know he had that issue maybe for a day or two at camp, and then mm -hmm. you started to see him operate a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. I think tonight for CJ Stroud, you know, that th this Thursday night preseason game, I, I think it was just the speed of the safeties at that moment. And he didn't get an opportunity. I don't know how you can call a player a bus with only two series <laughs> played. Um, but you hit the nail on the coffin. Like the last time we saw him play a live game was against Georgia. And the question marks heading into that game is he's a statue. Is what he's gonna do? Mm -hmm. He's gonna have to use his legs. Uh, I love the fact that he used his legs to extend one play and he hits. Forgot who he hit on the sideline. 
Was that um Singletary? Maybe Singletary. But he hit a he hit a player on the sideline, used his legs on that play to extend it to get the ball out of his hands. And then when the pocket broke down, this is also on a slippery wet field in Foxborough. He was able to use his legs and run and attempt to pick up a first down. Didn't get it, but you want to see that out of your young player. And also considering that's been something that we have criticized Davis Mills about in the past. Mm-hmm. Davis Mills is a guy that ran a four or five, but you would never know it because he never uses <laughs> his legs. And so I like to see that. Uh, I, I think that when you look at the playoff, if I can go at you know look at the offense in totality, totality, totality. I'm sorry. The play of Austin Deckless. He was a guy that I said, hey, man, listen, you was a part of that LSU line that won an award back in 2019 for being the best offensive line in the country. You didn't allow a sack your senior year. You played majority of your snaps at right tackle <laughs> in college. You had an opportunity to get some preseason burn last year. And this was an opportunity with Charlie Heck out, no Titus Howard, no – uh, I'm thinking of George Fent, but not George Fent. No, uh, Greg Little, right? This was your moment to shine, and he stunk it up. No disrespect to the young man. Uh, he's still learning the NFL as well. Hadn't had as many live reps as you want him to have, mm-hmm. but he, he he had a bad night. So did George Fent, right? Just looking at the overall uh, overall look at the offense. But what I like with this offense. So my question mark going into preseason was, I just want to see Bobby Sloick's identity as an OC. I wanted to see how he's going to establish this offense. And, Cody, what did they call this offense? The greatest hits of what? It was What, what, what was that tagline again? The, the greatest hits of the West Coast offense. So you, you wanted to see some California love. You wanted to see some today was a good day. Uh-huh. You wanted to see some good kid, Mad City. You wanted to see some documentary. You wanted to see some Dre Day. You wanted to hit, see some nothing but a G thing. What I'm getting at is you wanted to see <laughs> at least something of those greatest hits for their West Coast offense. Uh-huh. Last year, Pelp Hamilton would just kind of refuse to motion a player, right? Like, I, I, would, I would throw my pen at the screen because I would look for him to utilize players and get them in a better matchup in the first Half alone, I counted at least 12 plays where a player motioned. I love to see that. And uh, also the play where I think it was Tank Dale when Tank Dale scored. That play, there was a motion man as well. Let me look at my notes here. Uh, yeah, the play where Tank Dale scored. There was a player in motion. And so I also like the fact that this offense intentionally got the running backs and tight ends involved. So, like, I just wanted to see what we're going to expect when we get Damian Pierce out on the field. When we're going to see more of the first team, the Robert Woods of the Worlds, the more opportunities for Nico Collins. Dalton Sauce getting more opportunities, right? So that's what I like the most from the offense. They ran the ball decently, only average three yards per carry, but there was not a number one running back on the field. Um, the offensive line, again, struggled. I did like, from my first eyesight, what I saw out of Michael Dater. 
I thought he did very well. Uh, I thought Juice Scruggs did pretty good, and I want to go back and look at Kenyon Green. I don't think he did bad, but I, I just want to make sure that I fairly analyze this young man because I have such high expectations for him. But overall, the offense, you at least had an opportunity to see what they're going to install, to see the foundation of this offense and how they're going to establish a run, how they're going to bootleg play action, how they're going to attack the defense by getting players in space. Hello, Tank Dale, right? <laughs> that's what you wanted to see starting in game one, and that's what we saw. So I, I like that. Shout out to Bobby Slope with the greatest hits of the West Coast offense. Um, I, I thought that game one put some of those questions to rest for me. And I do want to add this before moving on. Um, following yesterday's game, Coach D'Amico Rines did say once again that um, him and his staff will evaluate the quarterback position. And as of right now, there is no starter for next week's game against the Miami Dolphins. But John um, Davis Mills, you know, I think he had a decent day overall. Um, I thought he did good. Yeah, I, I, I thought he did good. And Case Keenum. I said it. Case Keenum, I don't know what it is about him. I don't know if it's because he's playing against guys that might be on the practice squad or might be looking for the for, for a job on cut down there, whatever the case might be. But Case Keenum also did a really good job in making sure that the efficiency of the Texans offense continue to get going. So um, as of right now, we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be for the second preseason game against the Miami Dolphins. But once again, shout out to Davis Mills and Case Keenum. Both of those guys had a fairly good day overall. Really quick, CJ Stroud was pressured on 60% of his dropbacks. That makes sense. And so, I counted Austin yeah. Deckerless giving up at least three. Yeah, I, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Also, again, when mentioning Bobby Slowick's offense, the drive before the fumble, you saw Houston really work in and establish the run. Mm -hmm. So I did like that. Um, and I thought this offensive line struggled with some of the stunts that New England was throwing at them. And uh, that's my that's my takeaway on the offense. If I'm missing something, I'm pretty sure we'll talk about it in another episode. But Cody, I I thought that for game one, with none of your real starters out there, a rookie quarterback trying to figure things out, rookie OC, I thought the offense was 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 commendable. Welcome back in, locked on texting listeners and viewers. You know what I forgot to mention, Cody, listeners and viewers. What? So. A few plays before Tank's touchdown, Davis Mills underthrew too short of a pass. ABC said uh, 5'10". I think Tank Dill is all of 5'8". No, I... 5'8 he... is fair. But the ball was too <laughs> low. This was a pass from Davis Mills. The ball was too low for Tank Dale. He's not 5'10". He Say so get the ball up. So Davis Mills was able to hit him on a slant in stride, and then you were able to see that speed from Tank Dell in space, which is something that I talk about a lot here in the show, Cody. You we talk about it. You want to make sure that that man is operating in space. But that drive, you just seen Davis Mills and Tank Dell really get into a groove, and that's something that's you know has happened throughout camp. Davis Mills has mm -hmm. found Tank Dell's a few Tank Dell a few times. Throughout campus. So you let us see that. I'm just 
thoroughly impressed with that young man. I, I love what I saw. I can't wait to see him consistently against some number ones. But for his rookie year, for his first game out there in the NFL, I was impressed. Hmm. I told you, man. Look, first, like, this wide receiving core, man, this is another thing I've been talking about the first 11 days of training camp. Like, this is the perfect offense and the perfect group of wide receivers, especially young wide receivers like Tank Dale, John Mechie, Xavier Hutchison, where any one of these receivers can step up and be the primary target for that particular game, depending on the matchup of your opponent. And, John, what I've, what I've been saying throughout training camp, if neither one of these wide receivers, you know, get into a groove, it's going to be kind of challenging for the offense. But you saw – as soon as Tank Dale started to get into a groove, him and David Smith started to get on the same page. This offense literally just came alive. But then next thing you know, they end up scoring touchdown, touchdown. And next thing you know, they got 20 points on the board and with the victory, something that we haven't talked about a lot here over the last three seasons with this organization. Look, Tank Dale, say what you want about his size, but that young man has a lot of talent and potential to be something special for this organization moving forward. We saw it at the University of Houston, and it seemed like all he did was just pack his talents, went down the street off of 16 and Kirby, and now he is showcasing why he was one of the most intriguing wide receivers entering the draft because there's one thing a lot of people I was looking at some notes to where you know other reporters was talking about what they was hearing about Tank Dale prior to the draft and they all said that you know a lot of general managers a lot of coaches a lot of teams a lot of offensive coordinators was high on his talent but given his size they really didn't know if he was worth the risk yeah, if Tank Dale was two inches taller he may have won <laughs> the first round and, and now you look at a situation and I always go back to what Nick Casario said the day after they drafted him and traded up by the way what was it from like 73 to 69 somewhere along those lines he said the one thing that kept sticking out sticking out to him about Tank Dale is the fact that when he watched him at that senior bowl nobody could guard him Nobody could defend him. And after he said that, I've seen it in rookie minicamp. I've seen it in OTAs. I've seen it in mandatory minicamp. Seen it in training camp. And even though it was only one preseason game, you saw it in a preseason game. So that is part of the reason why I have a lot of hope and expectations about this offense, especially at that wide receiving core. No, they don't have a, a, a... D hop or anything like that, but a lot of those guys can actually make up for not having that all pro receiver. Yeah, on oh, that slant pass, I thought out that was me out there. I, I thought, <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was me out there. I was which, like, hold on now, am which, I two places at once? Which, by the way, and I hate to say this because I always did, I didn't want to look at this as a coaching problem the last two years, but now I think I might have to, might have to, the tackling. I haven't seen the Texans make this many tackles since what the days of JJ Watt and Jadavion Clowney, maybe. The good days. <laughs> you know, maybe what the defensive coordinator days of Romeo Cornell, because ever since Anthony Weaver came and they're followed by Lovey Smith, they've been at the top of the league and missed tackles. Once again, it's one it preseason game, but guys secure those tackles, man. I, I thought you mm-hmm. know, we look at the small details, Christian Harris open field tackle. Early in the first quarter, and, and last year I think he would have missed that tackle. He was a rookie last year, but he like we talk about growth. 
that is what you can look at and say, man, you know what? Last year could have been different. But that open field tackle where he had to kind of get to that point was very impressive. The small details under D'Amico Ryans is what's going to take this defense and this team to the next level. Guys, I do want to leave you guys with this bit of information. The Texans only had three penalties for 30 yards compared to the Patriots' five, but the time of possession battle was in favor for Houston, 33-27. to So, you know, again, mm. you talk about the improvements under that, – That's one of those small things. The Texans one of those never small things. time of possession. And listen, what, what did we talk about? We talked about he didn't get an opportunity to showcase it, but the offense did and how Bobby Sloyd called the offense. Houston was 3-3 three three in the red zone. So the small details is what's going to take this team from a three-win team to a four-win team to maybe a six-win team, maybe a seven-win team. Maybe if, if I don't get too high hope, you know, maybe a division winner. I don't know. But overall, I was impressed with game one of preseason. Next week, Houston takes on the Miami Dolphins at the NRG Stadium. And so you're gonna say a lot of them because next week is also the joint practice between yeah, them. Yeah, well. that's gonna be fun. And then Tank Dale may have some family members from Florida coming down. So mm. we're gonna see about that. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texan Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, and especially on YouTube. Give me a follow at John underscore Hickman 12. Got so much more heat coming for y'all, man. Be ready because uh, D'Amico, swarm, baby. <laughs> they were swarming. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Really quick, I do want to dispute something you said. Coach David Cully brought some energy on the sideline as well. Every They only won four games, but when you look at those four games, he brought the energy. energy. He brought the energy. Remember when Mark Eagle was like, Coach, I love you. Coach, I love you. And that season opener win against Jacksonville. Hey, the, don't disrespect David Cully now. He brought some energy. It was funny energy, but it was energy. <laughs> but until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Peace.